city We gon' slide, bet I be there pronto Me, my guys, we really live Lord, forgive me, pay my tithes Please don't have me reach inside And that's in a console Keep the semi when I ride Let off Henny when I drive In the city, we gon' slide Bet I be there pronto What's good, Chop Nation? What's going on? It's another Thursday night. We here with the family, and it's all three of us in here, so don't you worry about a thing. You already know it's the Chop Up Show. It's your girl, Toya G. Excited to rock with y'all tonight, uh, and even more grateful that I'm not by myself, who I'm with. Hey, Damo, the political plug. We in here on Instagram. We in here on YouTube. Uh, just YouTube. We chilling on Facebook at the time, for the meantime, in between time. Uh, but again, thank y'all for joining us. This is the chop up. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, consciously education is elevation. The consciously.com, man. It's just the chop up where we keep it chopped up. You feel me? And never slopped up. We're gonna be keeping it always raw, organic, and straightforward, really. You know, and then always, always, always reminder. Going on then, you feel me? Get in with the uh are y'all on time tonight? Yeah, we on time tonight. Yeah, always <laughs> remind reminder though, always. Be uh, active in the comment section. You know what I'm saying? Jump into the conversation with us. Absolutely. And that means y'all too on Instagram. I'm going to be doing double duty, looking at a couple different screens, trying to make sure we catch y'all's comments too. But uh, join in on the on the discussion and make sure you make your presence known one time for the one time. And thank y'all. We got some people saying we're necessary for the culture. People saying they got love for the show in general. So thank y'all, uh, especially if you're coming from college. Right. Thank y'all for accepting us, loving on us. And if y'all part of the Chop Nation, you already know what it is. We got love for y'all all day long, right? So oh, we got a couple things to get into. I will be honest, though. Usually we start the show with what we call a vibe check. We talk about some of the most popular stories, a lot of things that's been moving and shaking. Vibe but I decided to kind of skip the vibe check for tonight because we are still seeing continuations of the Kanye West uh, White Lives Matter uh, situation. And we've talked about that already. So if you missed that discussion, make sure you go ahead and jump on YouTube real quick. Go ahead and check the archives. The most recent discussion we had before this one is us getting into the whole Kanye fiasco earlier this week. We also have already gotten into uh, a lot of the conversations. What else been going on around this month, man? Herschel uh, Walker. And we, and we might even dovetail into that for a second here tonight, but we already been talking mm-hmm. about the craziness with Herschel Walker. Y'all don't know, he is running to be a senator in the state of Georgia, I believe. Um, and, and he's he's a wild boy. He's a wild man. And his son added a little bit of more chaos into his wildness. So that might be the little bit we pepper in. But we've already kind of talked about that. Um, we hey, yeah, for y'all that don't know, me and Christian Walker do not like each other. We didn't have a couple run-ins on real life and, 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 and the shit that he been pulling recently is very telling. It's very, it's very, it's very revealing to a lot of the shenanigans that he been known to say the least. Right, right, right. So real life beef. We 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 don't we don't we don't like just, I don't, we don't like each other. It's, yeah. it's cool with that. We don't like each other. No and so you know, it's some other conversations. There's some uh, nuclear weapons type things uh, coming out of Russia that we're gonna be keeping our eye on to see if we want to talk about it next week. I did see Christian Walker try with Kaylani at a Starbucks, and she was not having that shit. I really appreciated that. Um, Shout out to Kay. That's the homie too. You know what I'm saying? That's the homie too. Besides, like, some of this other stuff, the only stuff left to talk about is this, you know, for the culture, we got to talk about all of these divorces that's happening around us. We saw what happened. It wasn't really a divorce because they weren't married yet, but Ime and Nia Long, that started off. And then this week, we heard about Tia Mowry and Corey Hartrick, uh, or Hartick, or however you pronounce his last the name. Hartick, I think. I don't know. Uh, okay, we don't need to learn. <laughs> right, right, right. Singer it's Miguel, like a singer in there somewhere. That word's not supposed to be. Uh, then Chadwick. Miguel and his wife, her name is 
Nazanin, um, Mandy, uh, they are now officially getting divorced. I think they've been going back and forth for a couple of years now. And then everybody who are sports fans know about Tom and Giselle kind of going through some issues and now about to deal with their breakup. Uh, the Chiefs benefited from that and are benefiting from that. They did last week uh, with the turmoil that Tom Brady's going through. So I'm not going to wish negative on nobody, but you know, the next time we have a Bucks game. Hey, you know? man. Say, man. Outside of that, for all those of y'all who like your popular culture, like your hip-hop news and beef, if y'all been on Twitter all day, and we're not going to get into this, but Saweetie is the topic of conversation because, you know, she was with uh, Quavo at one point, but allegedly she has had an affair or messed around with Offset and Lil Baby. I don't know where these names are coming from. I'm just reading the tweets. And so Quavo and uh, Takeoff have a song together where he's kind of addressing some of those things. So just look out, right? That's the kind of stuff that's on my radar, that's on my timeline. Uh, love and hip-hop meets social media. Hit <laughs> but now that we got that shit out the way, let's go ahead and slide into a little bit more stuff in the conversation. I'm going to go real ahead. Quick though, go ahead. Tell you, real quick, though. Let's be clear, though. This is why, like, we need y'all to send us things of, of substance. We need y'all to send us stories and information of substance because... We can't speak on that. Right. right, right now, we we that information was given because this is this is just shit niggas is talking about. Like Saweetie so and all that shit niggas is talking about. We can't talk about that for y'all. We can't provide any meaningful analysis, topic, or conversation associated with what Saweetie and Quavo and whoever else got going on. So if you rock with the chop up and you see interesting things going on in the world and, and you want to hear it, uh you and you really want to see it, uh, uh, like have us had a conversation about it, send it to us. Uh, somebody is saying that there's a slight echo on um Instagram. Yeah, I'm hearing something, I'm hearing the echo right now, too, in my in my, in my earphones. I don't hear it, yeah. so is it, could it be me? Is it me? I'm not hearing nothing. Y'all uh, still hear an echo, talk to us, uh, and we will try to resolve that, but I don't want to stop. I'm gonna talk. And see, for me, it happened when you talk. Uh, I don't want to right. stop. Them. I do want to shout out to people on uh, YouTube. Uh, shout out to Mrs. Royal Girl Nettles, Destiny X, Miss Maisha. Let's go ahead and jump into the conscious shop. I think is that what we wanted to start for today with the conscious shop? Yeah, man, we jump. Yeah. We jumping into the conscious shop. Uh, I feel like all of us has has come across the uh, debates about what it means to be black. Are we are we Hebrew Israelites? Are we Aboriginal? Are we Moors? Are we African-Americans? Are we Black? Are we African? Uh, today, we're going to have a conversation about the multiplicity of Blackness and, and, and Black people. And just full disclosure, it came from one of the most pseudo-intellectual-ass Kanye West stands mm-hmm. that tried to uh, fold and explain away his little White Lives Matter, uh, uh, you know, uh, charade, you feel me? You know what I'm saying? As as uh, Kanye West trying to put us on game about the black law, about the black black legal book, uh, <laughs> uh, man, funny, right? My first question though, uh, can there be an authentic black in the world where we recognize there's a multiplicity of blackness? Can there be an authentic black in the world where we recognize the multiplicity of blackness? Plug, I'm gonna I'm toss that to you first. What do, what do you think about authentic blackness? I, I, I even, I guess, I, what do you mean by authentic black? Just in Hold terms on, of real. authenticity. When we think of like by authenticity test, like what it means to be black. And Hold on, like, ah, ah. Yeah. Hold on, real quick. So I muted my mic, and, but they still saying it's a bad echo. And I'm, I'm muted on Instagram. 
But they saying it's a they saying it's an echo. Is it one now? I'm on Instagram now too. Uh, let us know if it's still an echo. Callie Dream says I was born authentically black. I bang with that. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's Trini said conscious is uh, echoing, and if one of y'all had headphones on, it would kill the feedback. That's what I'm thinking. I think we all got headphones on. Probably they got our headphones. Everybody got headphones on. Got your headphones on. So what? 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 what man, what, we got. I got. I got to get off of Instagram because it's causing the feedback, and we don't want to mess up the quality on the on the uh, on the clips. Hey, y'all might. This might just be a teaser, and y'all got to go meet us on YouTube. To be honest yeah, with man, you, all yeah, all of y'all. Let's do it like this. If y'all want to keep this conversation going, meet us right now over on YouTube. Uh, the Chopper Show. show. That's the Chopper Show. 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 Live right now. Y'all jump over here. Miss Mike um, said, oh, "It's all good over here. The grass is greener over here." So y'all, yeah. I'm finna push the X. I'm finna push the X right now. If y'all listening to me, go to YouTube right now at the Chop Up Show. We're getting in with the conversation. We love y'all. Thank y'all for coming in and checking in with us. Come we out. Yeah, right. That was kind of weird anyway, though, because I was I could I couldn't even read my question how I wanted to read my question. You know what I'm saying? From my notes. You feel me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, right. let's come back into it. Yeah, so falling back into it, man, I'm going to ask the question and kind of give a little more context to the question this time. But can there be an authentic black or can you be can, can we recognize something that's being authentically black in the world where we see that there's multiple ways that black can be show that black can show up? You know what I'm saying? It's on me. Yep. Yes. Yes. Because black is. Yeah, no, but no, no, but not even from my authenticity. We'll, you know, we're gonna talk about the authenticity test stuff, but from, just from a straight up perspective of like, can it be an authentic black? And the answer, or a authentic black, and the answer is yes, because blackness is experienced. It's experienced. It's not inherent to us. It has nothing to do it. It like our character and who we are, our personality, those things. Like it's shaped by how we experience blackness. You feel me? So that's why it can look so different because there, there's an overarching layer and lens that kind of dictates uh, just based on how we look, what it is that we deal with. And, and the experience that I, how I characterize that experience is I refer to it as the reverberations of slavery, right? That we're dealing with not just the, the direct impact, but the ways in which uh, transatlantic slave trade, specifically in the United States, has dictated how we as a people are treated and are seen the way that we are categorized, you know, to the way that we're pathologized, all of those things. And the authentic black experience is one, what, what I think is what W.B. Du Bois refers to as the double consciousness, having mm-hmm. to move society where you have an understanding of what you experience as blackness, but also having to resist the experience or, or the, the labels and the perception and everything that's created that's trying to be placed on you. That's authentically black. Okay. 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 Toy, before you even add in, let me throw a, yeah. some more questions. You know what I'm saying? I've been to it, right? Before before we got on live, I watched the clip of the one and only, you feel me, uh, anti-black apologist Kunye West mm-hmm. on, Tucker, on Tucker Carson specifically talking about, you feel me, this little shit, right? And what he said was that black people we identify as a race and not as a people. Okay. When it we comes do. to, I'm with you, Damo, but when it comes to thinking about like what it means to be authentically black and recognizing the multiplicity of blackness, really what I'm asking is like, they're a bad way to push black identity or to like say that black is this, 
black is a color. It's a crayon box. Yeah, right. I can't find no land called black. Ain't no country <laughs> called black. Ain't no continent called black. Yeah. First of all, shout out to shout out to everybody who came over from IG. Um, y'all are amazing for sliding in here. Even Girl Nettles is like, everybody coming in, hit the like button to fondle the algorithm gods. I've never heard it phrased that way, but y'all follow those instructions. Yeah, yeah. Like, 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 you know what I'm saying? Go on, send us a subscribe too, because you're going to want to pull in every Thursday night. I promise you is. And other times that we go live. But to answer your question in terms of, is there an interpretation or orientation toward blackness that, uh, that creates an, a standard of authenticity that I that I ride with or that I don't ride with. I'm ready. Does it exist? Does it exist? Yeah, I'm about to say you can does answer either way. Does, it does authentic right? blackness exist? I want to say yes, and I think I I think to this tweet that I was kind of laughing with y'all about earlier, and it sucks because I think authentic blackness exists largely because of the social implications and the social kind of creation of race that creates the box that we have are forced into to like create authenticity right so we wouldn't be having these questions about authentic authentic blackness if it wasn't for the fact that blackness was created or being black was created as a racial category to like delineate and demarc certain people into certain spaces gotta preface what i'm saying with saying that that being said the tweet that i saw uh said unless you can be called a nigger you cannot say the word nigger right and so i think that on the surface level kind of gives some rules and regulations for the use of nigger but also i think it represents kind of the negative social implications of existence right so if you can't be called the hard r right? Then I don't think you have access to the camaraderie, the relationship, the ties, the experiential, like the plug was getting that uh, kind of praxis or framework that the rest of us have. So you can't be in the group. Like you can't be in the club unless you have that violent proximity or that proximity to violence that is created by the systems who created notions of blackness and what it means to be black. Unless you are entangled in the proximity of that, you can't enjoy the luxury Right, you're not authentic enough, if you will, to enjoy the luxury of being a nigga. Does that make? Does, okay. Am I making sense? Like I'm, I've been trying. Yeah, I, I think, was trying to. Try to I think, you, I think, I think you're making sense. I think you're making sense. I think that I guess there would be uh, 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 ways if I was like, I guess like uh, being like doing some pushback. Do you think that that could lead to like any pathology and recognizing how like violence and blackness, how like you know violence is able to kind of structure the black identity in a way and saying that you're not in proximity to this violence, you're not a part of the in-group almost. I mean, I, I pathological think... Pathological is what I'm asking, what I'm asking in that sense. Look, I'll let you go first because I just finished. Yeah, so I, I think that there, when you ask that question, or the assumption of that question um, is fallacious because it ignores the role violence plays in shaping what it, like the black identity in the first place, right? These were, these were in, people that were indigenous to the continent of Africa. They had an identity. We're only the, we're called black because as their descendants, we are the product of them being denied access to their own subjectivity. So you can't okay. can't uh, uh, disconnect the violence associated with blackness from its its ontology. You know what I mean? Like that's that that violence is a part of the existence. The the term nigger was the uh, was was the the ontological violence that took place. It was the deontologization that Yancey talks about 
when they were when they were they got on the ship as the African, they got off the ship as the as the as the niggers, the slave, slave labor, the black. You know what I'm saying? But you know that's what it just ended up turning into. And so, not like nah, like it's not that that pathology is why we are called black. That's not it's to, that's the already, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? That like that's placed on us. You feel me? So, and yeah. that's why when I say it's an experience, it's the experience. Like like Toya said, it's do that 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 deontologization was there an attempt to deny you of what your is, subjectivity what is ontology you, you might yeah, I'm, about, I'm, about, I'm about to say yeah you yeah you get you didn't you you can ontologize deontologize on it so very quickly so, throw the word around so, so put a pin in what you're saying yeah. and break down kind of this notion, go back to the notion of ontology and deontology so ontology is is the study of being like how something comes into existence how it comes to be known and so when we talk about the ontology of blackness, it the, the origin of exist of its existence is the denial of African subjectivity, the, the denial of their relationship to their culture. And that denial started with being called the nigger, and then which was the, the term that was used to then justify the violence that reinforced that perspective. So then tie that explanation back to what you were just explaining about kind of experience. And so the reason why, so the reason why that, that, that like the, the, the term being, being able to be called that term, it's the desire to be called that term. That's the reverberation of slavery. How you understand the, the black identity, right? When you see the black identity, the reaction to call them the, to use the N word, is a part of the at the foundation the origin of the black experience and then everything else that we built on top of that like literally pushing back against the desire to deny us who we are is how we get black culture but it starts with the denial of african subjectivity i would take some of this conversation a step further especially in terms of what the plug i'm, I'm sorry in terms of what lee was talking about um and kind of look at when we look at authenticity and what makes authenticity i want to be clear basically about what i'm saying to violence because like denim h20 is like so proximity to violence exists in every demographic and violence is a part of the existence that was uh, and i think this is a question violence is part of the existence that was perpetuated on the people and i think to answer both of those first of all we have to talk about the uniqueness of anti-black violence right the nature the gratuity the kind of notion of uh, uh, anti-black violence or kind of the, the reasons or the ways that it came to be. It came to be in a particular way because of a particular phenomenon, which is the transatlantic slave trade, right? This is what Damo is talking about. This is what the plug is talking about when he talks about it. And to answer girl Netta's question, yes, pre-slavery, we weren't black. We were simply human. We were Africans, right? We were individuals who represented various tribes, groups, yeah. nations, individuals who just lived on the same continent, but had very diverse cultures, understandings of the world, pedagogies, ideologies, religions, all of those different things. We were just diverse peoples who were geospatially located in the same place. Slavery, chattel slavery, the transatlantic slave trade, and the, uh, 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 what is the word, the, the modernity, what was created through processes of modernity or recreation or reorientation around yeah. what humanity is and how it exists yeah. is what transitioned us from being a peoples on the continent to being black, to being this group of people, to being slaves, right? To being all under this tent kind of existence, this tent ontology or lack thereof, because our humanity was stripped on us and we became a people without 
a, a clear kind of ontology or system of being or way of existing. So that's absolutely how that process works. So then that gets us to the uniqueness of violence, the unique types of violence that black people experience. Right. Yeah. They're, that's specially designed and crafted through the ways that systems of settler colonialism, capitalism and anti-black violence have kind of intersected to create some mm-hmm. whole new shit for us. So when we talk about violence in 2022, as we move from the slave ships to where we are now and we start to authentically kind of figure out what blackness is. And this is where I was trying to get to when I started talking, is that we look at a range of violence from the microaggressions that are perpetuated against black people, the clutching of the purse, the rolling of the eyes, the dissatisfaction we have with seeing black people in bonnets or how we look at folks crazy and dashiki. (laughs) Right. All of that. Level of players all the way up to the fact that lynchings are still happening in 2022. The dreadlock. All of that. But all of that up to like the literal anti-black targeted violence down to people being lynched still in these days. Right. Pick pick a level or a layer of anti-black violence. And it is all a very unique violence that is reserved for black people. That is what ties us together. That is why that level of authenticity can be used as a metric. Right. Or a standard to then start to explain. And that gets back to the tweet that I thought was so interesting, because unless you can be called an ER, you don't have access to the GA. Right. There is that's that's a tiebreaker because that experiential kind of part of blackness is at the very least what ties us together, what sutures us together. Unless you're in proximity with black people that recognize you have some proximity to blackness or they didn't give you the N-word past some shit, but that only applies to them black people that you're around and it's not going to be universalized. I can go to any place in America and say the N-word and I know no nigga going to look at me and be like, nigga, whoa. There's some black people that pass or there might be, what's that and the other that most, but that's that's what I find interesting. Most black people that can pass have consciousness not to say uh, the nigga around other black people that might not know they black. That's what I found mm. very interesting in traveling. You know what I'm saying? So we see that how I feel like a, a, a certain level of competency is already embedded within, you know what I'm saying, the shit. You feel me? And and, and reason being is because because uh, the way that I understand what Toya just said is it has to do with unless your presence, unless your existence elicit a, a particular response from society in general you can't you can't run your mouth like that you mm-hmm. feel me because yeah. the use of that language is an evolution of being called that but then learning how to reject that, that like the, the ways in which that overdetermined one's identity mm-hmm. you feel yeah. me that i think, I, I think far as the next question going back to the idea of ontology I think how you like to think about it is like we think about this being in the most simplified understanding. There was beings that was seen as Africans. They got onto the boat, and when they got off the boat, they were new beings that were seen as black, that was seen as slave. The uniqueness mm-hmm. in it is that we can recognize that in human relations, there's always already been violence. You know what I'm saying? We can recognize that the Highlanders and the Lowlanders been messing each other up in Scotland for, for centuries. We can recognize that, you know what I'm saying, uh, them over there in that part of the world been beefing. But we recognize also is that how the rest of the world interpolated, you feel me, blackness mm-hmm. to equal slaves. Or mm-hmm. or how, you know what I'm saying, how, how Frank Wilson put it is like, you know, Jews went on to the Holocaust as Jew and left as Jew. The entire world didn't say they don't have a language. The entire world didn't say you don't have a culture. The entire world didn't say you didn't have a religion. The entire world didn't say that you are landless. That's how we get Israel, right? So we recognize in many different instances that when the African goes into the African Holocaust, 
they don't leave it in the African Holocaust as African. They get off, you know what I'm saying? They, they leave it as black, as slave, as nigger. You know what I'm saying? So most of the time, when we talking about ontology, I know it's a, a big ass. You know what I'm saying? I feel like a, a, a very uh, fancy word that we don't use every day. But in, in, in simplistic terms, we're just talking about the uniqueness of violence. And I was I was asking a question to get us to go further in the you know what I'm saying in, in explanation because you know in the day in the day and age we live in, somebody could take a particular clip from a hour, two hour long, hour and a half long, you feel me, stream, and be yeah. like, blah, 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 blah. But to keep the conversation going, Toy, there was another tweet. tweet. My bad. Okay, but before we get to this, I'm tweet, not going right. to yeah, holler at the chat because Callie Eva yes. says, so is black different from black American? Which yes I and no. I would yes say and yes no. and no. I would, yes. I, would say, I would say yes and no because I recognize in many different instances when we're talking about the American context, a lot of people in the African diaspora usually distance themselves from blackness and black Americans through the understanding of black. When I say yes and no, I recognize, however, that the notion of blackness is put on to bodies outside of black Americans. And there are not a nine black Americans that identify as black. But I recognize, however, when we talk about blackness, I would argue that the American context and American culture, blackness uniquely is hegemonic, meaning that it literally dictates how we understand blackness and black people through the American, uh, through the African-American, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, understanding. I recognize, too, this can come into being like a American-centric analysis, but I think when we start talking about blackness uniquely, I would say yeah. that the African American African American experience is hegemonic to the ways in which we understand what it means to be black. And again, hegemonic meaning, hegemonic meaning it has the most power. It has the biggest level of power to dictate and to influence the way that blackness is perceived around the world. So we know yeah. that blackness is a diaspora that you can find black people that. in every corner yeah. of the earth, but the metric and the level by which they'll be judged is based on the hegemonic images of black Americans that have been introduced into uh, media into popular culture, into society, into the global kind of understanding as we refine our understanding of different races and identities. A lot of that knowledge comes from black knowledge. Yeah. Right. And the last thing I'll say, Callie, to respond to that is multiplicity of blackness. If you line up an African that's from Nigeria, a Kenyan, a black American, a Haitian, and a dark-skinned Cuban, uh, Afro-Cuban, in terms of white supremacy, it's not going to really recognize the difference amongst us. It's going to be like a, a, a bunch of a, a bunch of blackness, a bunch of a, a group of niggas. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's what I mean, like yes and no. And I mean to cut you off, Toy. I definitely recognize. Like, but, no, real, real quick though, I want I wanted to say to uh, to Callie's comment because um, my response is a little is a little simpler. Like in this instance, like the way George is explaining, black informs the type of American. Like so, when we see American, like that—that's the same. Like we we typically hear white people. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's the perception that we create. And so it's not it's not different than Black American. It's just that's the type of Black you're dealing with. You know what I'm saying? You're dealing with niggas because you got you know what I'm saying Black French, Black Spaniards, Black. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? All of those. It informs that black that type deviant. because because again, Black is deviant. It's a it's a deviation from. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, to answer Denimate20's question, so would you say part of our identity is rooted in violence, perpetu- in the violence perpetuated? I would say yes. Unfortunately, part of what ties us together is the st- struggle, struggle 
uh, survival and the sharing of culture from our ancestors, ones that we share. It's reasons why we eat the same shit around certain holidays, why our mamas told us the same things, why, you know, we have some of the same habits and know some of the same shit, even though we grew up in different regions of this country. And that is because those experiences of not only the violence, the struggle, the erasure, the genocide that slaves experience, not only do we have that tying us together, but also the tactics and techniques and strategies used to survive those things, regardless of what our backgrounds are. You know what I'm saying? So absolutely. Yeah. Also, just want to shout out uh, Alexis and Vanja in the chat. Uh, definitely showing love and going up for us in these comments. Felicia, too. Uh, shout out to y'all just being active in the comments, hollering at us. But yeah, I know there was another- yeah. Yeah, Andrew, yeah, hey, hey, yeah, hey, this 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 other question for our ask this question, I think that it's it's prefaced a lot better. I know you screenshot that tweet that you talked about earlier with them other people in there that's saying like these people ain't black. Do you do you have that for us? Oh yeah, okay. So yeah, go on read really that. Can you read that tweet for me? And then I'm gonna ask my question. So you, it, it, you know, oh, hold on, hold on. Up. Actually, actually, before you ask the question, before you ask the question, too, before you ask the yeah. question, uh to the people that's watching this. What I'm about to ask, it's going to be very provocative, right? It's what I call purposeful provocativeness. There's a per- there's a method to the madness. Toya is about to read something that's going to be kind of controversial to some people. But we're going to unpackage it here at the top of <laughs> Oh, the tweet that I want to read is from okay. Frey Bomb. Frey Bomb at Frey Bomb. Frey Bomb. Uh, it is simply this. Fat Joe is not black. Cardi B is not black. Erica Mena is not black. Evelyn Lozado is not black. French Montana is not black. DJ Khaled is not black. Y'all let anybody claim blackness for their benefit, and that shit is wild. We got to do better. Before we all, before y'all respond to the tweet, the question is: Gatekeeping blackness good, or does it exist? Should we do it? You can answer any one of those questions, and I feel like we're gonna keep the conversation going. But gatekeeping blackness is it good or should we do it? Well, no, you can answer both, you can answer one or the other, you know. <laughs> do you agree about the about, about people not being black? Because in my mind, it's like Cardi B, she's not black, but you know, that's just me. They remind me of Shorty who made that song, Such and Such is not a Atlanta. College Park. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, somebody people have done that though. Like if you if you look at the challenge, people that have been like not black, not black. I've I, I know I've seen a, a, a TikTok that played with that challenge, but um so is, is, those people play, is, is they keeping good and should we do it? I, I'm gonna say it? this. And then read the last of that tweet again. Read the last of that tweet again. For I don't want to say what you're gonna say. Read the end of that tweet again. The end of the tweet. It's like, I feel like I'm at church. Like read that spirit. Read it again. Read yeah. The read the end of the tweet again because I feel like yeah. I felt like it's a productive conversation to had. I recognize that it could create some. You feel me? Uncomfortability and some uh, maybe uh, discursive violence in many different instances. But I recognize it's a conversation to be had. Uh, the fungibility of blackness and black people is real. So you should absolutely. Yeah. So I read it again. The quote concludes by saying, y'all let anybody claim blackness for their benefit and that shit is wild. Got to do better. Y'all let anybody claim blackness for their benefit. So gatekeeper. So gatekeeper. American Mena, Evelyn Lozada, French Montana, DJ Khaled, your friend that you went to school with. So first, when it comes to them people, I didn't even know them people claimed black. Do they claim black? 
Do they, I, I, I don't I don't think I've ever I don't even think that was ever an issue. I think tweet bigger uh, than just claiming black. It's just like being no, 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 right, right, right. Black say, you know black. they don't they don't claim black, but in connection to our last part of our conversation, they definitely claim nigger. Like Cardi okay. B. Cardi, oh, okay. Actually, and there are two things that Cardi specifically has said. One, Cardi made it clear that she's not black. She just loves black men. She's att- attracted to black men. She wanted to have black kids. Basically, she. Yeah. Is with the culture, grew up in the culture, is around it, doesn't claim anything, but has such an appreciation for black men. That's why she is who she is and does what she does. She also, when she types out the word nigga, never uses two G's. She always uses two K's. That is something that I did notice in terms of if she nigga. ever nigga. types out nigga, it's always <laughs> nigga. Nigga. Uh, okay. Nigga I don't know. That's another question. <laughs> um. I, okay, so I'm a, I guess I'm going to go out on the limb and, and be slightly controversial here. I don't know if I do that often enough, but yes. Bro, I, think, I, think, I think gatekeeping, it, it's, it's two elements to it. Do I think it's necessary? Yes. Okay? Like, yes. The reason why I think gatekeeping is necessary is because our culture represents a counterculture. It represents a resistance. It's us literally displaying... You know what I'm saying? Like, again, we've we just been talking about a people who were denied their subjectivity. Black culture is a celebration of life and identity to a people who were, die, who were denied identity, right? This, so this means that the, the shit that we create, we need to value it. We need to keep it close to us. Everybody should not be able to influence it. Everybody shouldn't be able to dictate it. You know what I'm saying? Everybody shouldn't be able to enforce but you know what I'm saying? They shouldn't be able to shape it unless it came from people resisting that experience. Period. That's that's the that's the reality of blackness. The the language that you know, like some people use is like like we're people behind enemy lines, right? We're people in a land that's not our land. All that, all of that type of rhetoric. So w- the one thing that our culture has done has given us is the ability to define ourselves in a land that's attempting to to define us in a way that's detrimental. You feel me? And so when we allow people from outside of that to shape the internal aspect, it undermines it. That's what we like. And the best example to use is COINTELPRO. When we allow, you know what I'm saying, people who didn't have our best interest, who who not even just not have our best interest, their purpose was Mm -hmm. to undermine. Their purpose was to create discord, right? We saw what happened with one of the greatest of black organizations that we attach ourselves to, which is the Black Panthers. Right. It was undermined by allowing outsiders to impact how things operated internally. And so I think it's important for that reason. But gatekeeping is something that inevitably we cannot do for the simple fact that black is a exonym. That's something that was given to us. It's a title that was placed onto us. So as much as we say we're trying to gatekeep this term. The perspective of it, it's the, like it's, its origin, its identity is something that's already foreign, which gives people outside of that label access to it already. Right? Like if, if yeah, we would explain if, fungibility. This explains <laughs> this explain fungibility. I mean, yeah, fungibility like, yeah, explain fungibility of blackness and yeah. why why like as, yeah, as, as much as we want to fight for it, as much as we want to fight to defend it, right? The the, the label, the language. You know what I'm saying? Even, even, even the term nigga, all of that is shit that we've had to repurpose. You know what I mean? 
So it's like, you know, it's just like jailbreaking the cell phone. And I feel like even you if I get it, try to be like, be like, no, no, no. The Ethiopians had Nigus and Nigus, uh, whatever, whatever, whatever. It's like, yeah, but that's not shit. what the Europeans was, you know, exactly. So it's like, the same you know. shit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, so, so ultimately, do I think that gatekeeping is, do I think that it, that is, that is necessary and important? Yes, because we can't have motherfuckers coming out like that, that, that really just want to undermine the culture. You know what I'm saying? Have access to it. That's our hearts. That's our minds. You feel me? But at the same time, I recognize that we'll always be susceptible to that because the identity itself. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Didn't start. Checked it on to us. That, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna omit my opportunity to speak on it and go to these comments because it's, they going yes. up right now. Y'all really oh yeah, I see the comments is going fast. So I'm gonna just, I'm gonna try to read through them real quick. Uh, Denim H20 says, gatekeeping is protecting the culture, the identity. Blackness is marketable. Everyone profits off of blackness but blacks. And that's kind of what y'all were just getting at. Um, Kevin Antoine asked, I think is a really good question. I was like, damn. He said, do we even have what's necessary to gatekeep blackness? Like, what does it it mean? (laughs) But I mean, almost what what are the tools? Like, I feel like you know, in a world where we commodify or we participate a lot of times in the commodification of our own shit, let's just be honest of it. We kind of yeah. said <laughs> that in rap, huh? Say rap music. I mean, period, <laughs> I, period, end, and then people blowing that shit up is what created Definitely. you know a terrible uh, infiltration of the culture. And so I think until we, what, what that girl in the video say, stand up, right? Until we kind of get a little bit more backbone in terms of what we are unified in defending and protecting. Then we gotta, you know what I'm saying, figure out some shit. Cause I get I get I get hot, for example, uh about locks on people who are not black. But I struggle, mm. you know what I'm saying, with what it means to gatekeep a hairstyle. But I think that's only because I don't feel like I got nobody with me. That's really just like I think yeah. it's just so many people. I feel like we could be like, with it, but I think I think I think when it comes to like thinking about those three tenets of anti-blackness, I think that's the reason why we don't. That's the reason why I feel like we're not gonna be able to. That's the reason why I think there always be a slippery slope in us trying to gatekeep, but always not holding up. I think that because the rest of the world sees black people as being completely dishonored, whatever mm-hmm. we create, it's always gonna be seen as being that's up right. to the whims of the worlds. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I feel like because mm-hmm. we are seeing as being socially dead. Whatever we create is always going to be seen as somebody come vulture it up because we die anyway. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm like, because it's justifiable to have gratuitous violence against us, unwanted violence, violence just because, violence, whatever, it's always going to be justifiable to take something from us and steal from us. You know what I'm saying? I think that that goes from even outside of the Black American context, but literally how Blackness is marketed on the skin globally. I think mm-hmm. about that in terms of every time we start begging the question of natural resources in the continent of Africa. And we start thinking mm-hmm. about how all these natural resources are tied to a European co- corporations or countries that's able to control the oil, the gold, the diamonds, the cobalt, the that's how I see like they actually because other ones actually prenatal alienation or natal alienation, I mean, and not you know what I'm saying, but y'all, y'all catch my drift. Cause I mean, and this is something that Toya talked about a few weeks ago um, when we was all together. Uh, the age of hyper commodification, which is also it, that's what we see at the site oh, of blackness. Yeah, yeah in, in the way that no matter what it is that we create that we produce, it's already subject to be. Nope, I think it was me. What happened? What happened? Was that me? I, I, it could have been me. I don't know. Anyway, you said we lose what? Hey, did that happen to all of us? It happened to all yeah, of us. All <laughs> of us. It like, 
Hey, but hold on, hold on, Abby. We, we, hey, I think we doing too much now. I think we didn't. I think we hit on some shit that the uh, that the Matrix is like. Nah, these niggas is doing too. Hey, let us know what y'all saw in the chat. Like, what, yeah, what the fuck know. was that? So, a like, couple more I, comments I want to get to, and I'm not gonna be able to get to everybody. Yeah. But one that caught my eye was the one from Lance Single. Lance Single says, "Peace." Until we realize that we are an amalgamation of nations from the 16th to 17th century, Germans, French, blah blah, everywhere, Swedish, everybody. We will never understand what this is. We are all mulattoes. None of us are pure. So it begs the question of whether, because of how uh, life after settler colonialism, how modernity took shape, whether or not we are having a fruitful or a fruitless conversation anyway and so i think i mean that's different that's interesting i think to have to grapple with right we are trying to gatekeep potentially something that's not real that that doesn't exist uh we got to make sure i think maximum title dropped something uh he i think to a certain degree yes gatekeeping is a part of keeping the identity of the group but also can be alienating to biracial people right individuals who are attempting to navigate what it means to be enough of something to be a part of a group or to have their phenotype or how they present or what they look like disalign with what their biraciality is. And so they constantly have to fight when they like, no, nigga, my experience, my grandma, I just, yeah. I just came out like this. I just came out like this. Yeah. I can't control none of that. Yeah. My grandma, my auntie, I got all the shit. I just, yeah. what I look like, you know what I'm saying? What do I do mm-hmm. in that situation where I can't bring my whole uh, resume of real nigga shit <laughs> that I've seen, done, been yeah. through, and experienced, and you probably won't take the time to read it. You ready to judge me right mm-hmm. now? This time we're going Yeah, and you know, remind me of that, that white dude that, that the white dude scene that was like uh uh, uh it's, it, it came from one of those old black exploitation films that I was born black, I'm gonna die black, and probably because of uh, black, it was, it was, it was a white man and know he's better than you, nigga. That, that came from a movie yeah. scene and it actually came from a white doing. You know what I'm saying? So said about the door because dude told him, hey, brother, you got to be the one that go and set up the bank robbery because you're going to be able to pass. And it pissed yeah. off the other dude because he was like, I was I'm a, I, die, I was born black. I'm going to die black. And so thinking about the first question, the reason why I responded the way I responded because I was thinking uniquely of black biracial people. I'm going to acknowledge it, obviously, because my wife is black biracial. So I was thinking of, okay, and all the black people at least I know of and I want to account for, how does this particular question and how to respond to this question do it? But I'm knowing my wife, y'all know she say niggas, right? Mm-hmm. But if she don't say nigga around niggas unfamiliar because she recognizes that she yes, doesn't, she's fight. racially ambiguous. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean by people being, I feel like there, there's a certain consciousness if you are, have, a, have, I feel like immersed in the black experience that you already know, you feel me? And you know, um, I think that I, I had two more questions. I'm gonna put them together. I think they go together, and I know that we spent a lot of time on this topic. <laughs> but the uh, the way I'm gonna put these two the questions together is: What do we do about anti-black people when they're being anti-black without sliding into anti-blackness? I'm gonna repeat that. Mm-hmm. What do we do about anti-black people when they being anti-black without sliding into anti-blackness? And then to make sure y'all understand that first question is. Are there any black stances that you just cannot rock with? Um, so the, the way that I look at it is, um, rubs hand like Birdman. <laughs> no, the way that I look at it is, and is in in terms of how I'm challenges challenging this, am I reproducing, um, like whether whether it's power dynamics or perceptions? that that actually i would want to challenge in a different instance if, if like if i wasn't in this position you know what i mean like i think i think that yeah i, I think I, I run into that issue when 
what I'm saying? Like when I'm conversing with somebody who's not, who had who hasn't went through the same like college education that I had, right? And we disagree on something politically, especially if they like a black conservative, right? Um, and they and they just run with certain talking points or 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 whatever, or just say certain shit or whatever. Um, I feel like the onus in that type of instance is on me to not like if if I can see the power dynamic, um, I I shouldn't pathologize them based on you know what I'm saying they understanding of the world type shit. You feel me? Um, whether it's like quest like challenging their intelligence, you know what I'm saying? Like all, all of those types of things, you feel me? Like I feel like or like or, or, or they socioeconomic background. Cause like I come from the same shit. So it's like I can't like <laughs> yeah, I mean if, if if somebody like that walks away from from the environment that I came from with a certain perception of Democrats or with a certain perception of you know what I'm saying, uh of, of the world that leans conservative, then it, like the, the goal for me is to not like it's to be able to have that conversation without us reinforcing the uh, the Democrat Republican paradigm that we trying to that we trying to break out of, you know what I'm saying, in the first place. And so it's like it's am I reproducing, you know what I'm saying, power dynamics that I that I feel is already fucked up? Or or, or am I standing in the way of their blackness based on what I think is is correct? And so again, when we use when we look at the example of black conservatives, uh ultimately when we like there are black people who in particular circumstances like have that perception right does that mean they not black no okay. <laughs> there are black, there are black conservatives because even recently i met a black conservative that applauds barack obama like as a black man to be able to be the first black president all those other things he, he he has respect for what Obama represents for black people, but a full blown conservative though, you feel me? And so what the issue that we that that we have is that we see identities like conservative, and then we assume white, and then we place that on black people, like things yeah. like feminism, especially especially feminism, right? You hear the term like black feminist, motherfuckers just hear feminism, and then interpret oh, wow. white white feminism onto black women. You know what I'm saying? So it's Am I reproducing white power dynamics that I that I would that I would challenge? You know what I'm saying? If I wasn't in this position, and am I getting in the way of somebody else's blackness is because of how I understand the world? You feel me? And so that's that's how I challenge anti-blackness without you know what I'm saying falling into the trap of being anti-black. Ask the you asked the two part questions. I think folks want to make sure they got how all the moving pieces that plug just the threw out there kind of how they fit. So what was the question? What were the questions again? So I said, wait, what that question was again, Lee? <laughs> so the question was, uh, what do you do about black people being anti-black without sliding into being anti-black? And then that was the second question, too. And then the second question was, are there any black stances that you just can't rock with? To give an example, when black people bring up the Woody Lynch letter and they start talking about emasculation and start talking about the feminization of black men, I do not fuck with that stance at all. Like, I don't think that nobody trying to feminize me, um, my masculinity shut up in a way where I don't feel like I'm being threatened or I don't feel like I'm being came for as a man because somebody else is living their life in terms of being flamboyantly gay or being feminine and a man. Like, a, that don't bother me at all. But I recognize there is a racialized way that we talk about the black agenda 
insofar that it's pushing genocide to black people and wanting all of us to hide your kids, hide your wife, to making everybody gay out here. That's the example that I would give. So the second part, to answer the second part of the question, um, any black stances that like for me is anything that anything that that black people are standing on that they got from white people. So like George Soros, you know what I'm saying? Running Black Lives Matter, I can't stand with that. I can't I can't get with that shit. You know what I mean, like it because it's like that. That's literally a white nationalist talking point that black people have adopted. Black people have been brainwashed into voting for Democrats. I can't get with that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like all, all of those things that it, there's, there's no real reality. Black people would purge from the Republican Party. That's why they vote Democrat. You know Absolutely. What I mean? So that type of shit. Uh, how do I acknowledge anti-blackness, a black person being anti-black without being anti-black myself? That shit is hard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because even we had a whole, and, and, and Plug kind of implied this, but like we had a whole conversation about whether or not we should talk about Herschel Walker's aptness to fulfill the role that he's even trying to take on. Cause we didn't want to be sounding like we calling him a, a dumbass nigga, but it's, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, but we know intercommunally, the dumbass is more important than the nigga part. You know what I'm saying? We'll be yeah. calling you a dumbass. Hey. So we don't mean the pejorative there. The emphasis is in the wrong yeah. place, but we didn't want to make it seem like we were saying, look at that black man, like and singling him out. And so it's hard, right? It is very yeah. difficult to, and I think that is where, <laughs> uh, that is where, it's hard to become introspective enough not to fall into the same kind of tropes and shit like that. So it takes patience, being precise about what you're criticizing without also making sure that you're not linking back to stereotypes or making somebody feel as though, you know, you've completely given up on them unless I wash my hands with them completely. Um, I cannot rock with black, uh, white, like white apologists. I think it white people, black people who always got an excuse for white people or an explanation for or sympathy for very clear cut, uh, just unquestionable shit. I, hell, if you got excuses for it, the murky shit, I don't care. I'm gonna err on the side of a healthy skepticism about the intentions and the orientation. Toya. Humans and are humans, Toya. And, and if you are a white person close to me, then you honor, respect, and understand that and are open for that type of scrutiny, or we probably don't have that type of relationship. Samuel White Howell, Lives Matter for you. Carson, I can give you names of white people who I've looked in the eyeballs and been like, you are full of shit. And I can oh, also shit. give you names of white people who I've been like, hey, such and such is full of shit. And they've been like, well, I don't know. Well, don't say that. Well, they've been good to me or anything. No, right? Like, I just don't have time for people who are not able to see the way that whiteness as a a dominant culture exists and runs the show. And that the sympathy that they're able to draw is a direct relationship to the privilege that they have in whiteness because we're not getting the same sympathy when we put in precarious positions because of them. And we have to call them out and speak truth to power when people is on bullshit. So I don't have a lot of space for She's pulling yourself by your bootstraps, Toya. She's pulling yourself by your bootstraps. Right. White lives matter, Toya. Cool. White lives matter to you. And you know why I put it on the back of my shirt? Because they do. <laughs> <laughs> because they do. Right. Yeah. Hey, it's, it's, I thought it's another disclaimer on, on language. You see what I'm saying? For me, I was watching the show for the first time, or you listen to the show for the first time. You see, all three of us are very articulate niggas that can say we mean, mean when we say. And we three people that don't usually use terminology like coons or sellouts. Y'all see that we are very. Uh, blessed with, with, with language to be able to describe and prescribe the experiences and phenomenons without going to the other shit. 
You see, he said a white person apologist. See, I would be like anti-black apologist or white supremacist sympathizer. Because, you know, right. a lot of those people kind of sit around. We don't say Uncle Tom. We don't say Coon. We don't say Sellout. That shit yeah. old. You feel me? Like, in yeah. 2022, your ass is being a bootlicking anti-black apologist. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Toy Dub, shout yeah. out to you. My name twin in the comment. Doing their thing. They usually talk <laughs> to me. Oh, we always got you in mind. Jordy. We always got you in mind. Uh, what about, uh, Girl Nettle says, what about Hotep? I think this is an important uh, part of the conversation because we visited the concept of Hotep and how we need to understand it and, and mobilize it in language or, or how we should talk about it. So what about Hotep? Uh, Girl Nettle said, do we do we use that term? Or why or why not? See, see, for me, for Hotep, I didn't got to the point now why I used to throw it around, but now I didn't peep game and how white folks then bastardized woke. And because I come from a black conscious background, I recognize that the word Hotep originally got thrown around. It meant it meant peace. It was a greetings. You feel mm-hmm. me? A greeting in a way to say like, all right, bro, peace. You feel me? Or peace. Hotel, hotel. You know what I'm saying? The way it happened is the politics they started to ascribe to using that word and the people that used that word, the politics they had. So to answer your question, I don't like to use the word hotep in a, in a, in a derogative term to be like those niggas is bad because I'm because Emotep is really the guy of medicine, the guy that you know what I'm saying, and like literally one of my best friends that we all know, Rashid, you know what I'm saying. He, his, it's a part of his name, and I didn't heard him Ooh, over yeah. like literally my like I said my entire life. I've been knowing since I was 19. So since I was I'm 31, since I was 19 years old, I've heard him correct people about that in his name. You feel me? And being like, hold on now. So he is a hotel, but I recognize <laughs> that I shouldn't, to me, I feel like I like to just make my criticism, the criticism and not like to use the normalized tropes that we've used. And you know what I'm saying? Cause I feel like sometimes it'd be used against us. You feel yeah. Me? So like, like to me, hotel and woke, same thing. It's just, it's just how it's, it's just how black people, how we did hotel in the black community is how white people are doing woke in the white community. Both of these Absolutely. words came from us though. But like they both been bastardized and took completely away from their original ways they was being deployed. Absolutely. Yeah. We see y'all in the comments dropping y'all's examples of stuff that you just kind of be like, mm, I can't do it. I want to shout out a couple of them. I've been showing them on the screen. Angel said, I can't rock with us being excited about culture vultures. We blindly accept their mockery of us as them being down, not impressed. So it was that video of that girl, that white girl at the wedding rapping little baby. And she just kind of go in and I'm just sitting there like. She probably got, she got partnerships. She got she got brand deals. She got a couple thousand followers. Come, Come to turn out, she's saying nigga on Twitter. But every every time <laughs> they do a dance too good or join, join one of our organizations or do something trendy or in or whatever, people get excited. So I definitely feel that. Oh, Autumn yeah. says, uh, I don't rock with natural hair being frowned upon in the workplace slash by black families pressing hair for celebratory occasions. Right. So Ooh, kind of that's a hey, that's one that's that's one that's so deep. Especially yeah. in the really all over, but especially I feel like the Midwest and South, like it's you know what I'm saying. But that's deep. Hot comes on Sunday. Oh yeah, any Juwan, occasion walking down straight. And then this kind of relates to that because Juwan said black people saying our hair nappy makes my blood boil, and I think it's in a negative way. Like I could be like, but I kind of don't even. I don't even really be like, man, my hair so nappy. It's just my hair's thick, right? There are other ways to explain and describe the texture. Or the even the issue is tangled, it's dry right now, right? There's a bunch more ways I can describe it besides nappy. So I won't even say that it's automatically a pejorative or negative term, but I will say listening to black people negatively talk about somebody having nappy hair, being this that 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 shit gives me the heebies for sure. Uh girl nettles and, and Danielle pointed this out that girl nettles been in the comments going up. So you're gonna have to meet us every Thursday night when we go live. Please do. But, yeah, <laughs> definitely love, definitely said, love what you've been contributing. 
Definitely. In the Haitian community, when the baby is born, they pinch the nose to slim it down. So just out the gate, out the womb, already trying to, you know, reshape the features of black kids and kind of make them look a, a certain way or to fit a certain thing. Don't so look too black. There's another comment was saying being out in the sun. Yeah, there was another comment was saying like, get you, bring your ass in outside too long. Get you, get, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And get in the tub. Yeah, yeah, black yeah, like most of our I didn't have many a pool day just outside minding my black ass oh, yeah. business and had plenty many of it interrupted because I didn't had enough time. It's time to come in. I'm cooking too much. Like, what are you just saying? I'm, like, I'm 12 having fun in the sun. Yeah. Hey, but, so it seems like uh, a lot of our examples has come from black people internalizing anti-blackness or black inferiority. Like you internalize, yeah. and I think all of us internalize it. With Toya, if you yeah. want them to treat you good, you would cut your hair and stop saying the N-word and you press and, it and you would turn it red light. You know what I'm saying? So to me, it's not like that either, man. I like that either yeah. as well. And I realized though Adamo, you would plug, you were goddamn right. You was right. <laughs> right. No you guessed it. I'm still man. We took the yeah. whole thing like this. This. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It definitely. I definitely I didn't. I was trying to go fast too. I was trying to be like, oh, it's burning it. And then we got along with yeah. it, talking about anti-blackness and ontology and shit like that. But you know, our nerdness came out, you know. But yeah, but I'll take that as a smooth transition into the political chat before we close it out for the night. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I, I, I guess the last things I'll say though, man, in terms of this uh, multiplicity of blackness and black people, is there's uh there are ways I think that for us to uh be skeptical and or police other people and, and, and police ourselves when it comes to uh having respect for our culture in ourselves. Uh, but there's also ways that could slide into some uh, nasty authenticity tests, policing of identities, you know what I'm saying? And uh, recognizing that's a thin line between mm. love and hate. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with that eloquent closing, we can uh, go ahead and transition over to the political chat before we call it a night. Uh, because we do have some, I, I mean, I, on face value, this, is, this sounds pretty big, right? Uh, Joe Biden has pardoned all simple federal marijuana charges. Mm-hmm. Boom. They out of there. Like simple marijuana charges. Now, to be clear, simple is just possession or usage. So any charges associated with solely possessing weed or solely using weed, they got to do with the federal government. Uh, now, to, the, now <laughs> there is a little side note. Before we before we get into that in, in terms of its impact, there's currently no one, not a single soul, in federal prison solely for simple, uh, 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 simple uh, marijuana charges. It's the part that confused me. Though. It's the part that confused me though, <laughs> because because I did see all of the the, the reports that say that six thousand people is getting released. Exactly so what like, I saw. They fit that criteria. Now, I do get you. We ain't going to go to feds for, you know what I'm saying? You ain't going to feds for no simple <laughs> weed charge. So, you know. Yeah. This article or this tweet that I saw that's connected to an article and the WhiteHouse.gov website says Biden's announcement today is kind of smoke and mirrors. Uh, the federal prosecutions for marijuana are for sale or trafficking, not possession, even when the amount of weed involved is very small. The number of people covered by this mass pardon is approximately 6,000. It also doesn't include undocumented people. The disproportionate number of people prosecuted federally for marijuana offenses are undocumented, right? So some people are saying potato, potato, 6,000 people free is still 6,000 people free. Other people are saying that's a pump fake that I'm sure we'll explain what it's a pump fake for in a little bit when the plug gets there, but that it's all like we started off saying smoke and mirrors for some other shit. 
So, right. I I, th- I think a part of where it plays a role is like you got, you got you. There's there's people that can plead down. So like there's certain Arnold said, Arnold said hi, and I had, hey I had shout out to hey 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 and Toy Dubs. Hey shout out to you and your fam too, man. I appreciate y'all for the support and the engagement. Real talk. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for showing up to the podcast too. Back to it. Plug. What you said? Uh, well, because it's 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 you have situations where people can plead down to certain things. So instead mm-hmm. of going to prison, you have uh like certain like vi- like violating you know what I'm saying certain things. So instead of it being sent back to prison or being on house arrest or being you know what I mean you you no longer got to deal with those particular circumstances as well as because one thing that uh most um uh, most people are pointing out is uh pe- fe- people who've been uh, made a felon. Because uh-huh. of these types of things, cannot like no longer rep are considered a felon for having that particular charge. On for sure, there. one so, of the things he talked about in his stream of tweets was the access to housing, to jobs, to a lot of things right. that that type of stuff on their record would disqualify them for. Right, um, but I mean, again, we're talking about uh, the 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 large issues with the criminal justice system. This is something that impact uh, as of right now uh, upward to sixty five hundred people. Sure. Right? Uh, so with that being said, um, can we look at this instance as a, 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 as an example of actual criminal effective criminal justice reform or because he is encouraging, uh, governors in, in all 50 States to also adopt a similar policy. Leave it to it. Leave it to it. Um, so is, is, is this an actual, a real effective reform or is this more political theory? I, I, I would say, I would say. I would describe it as being a traditional liberal symbolism that is being presented to us as a prerequisite. To me, it's like in debate, we got we got taught about, you feel me, somebody having affirmative. And it's like, your affirmative is extra topical when it don't really do what it's supposed to do, but it's going to lead to the shit happening. To me, that's what Joe Biden doing. That's what a lot of liberal policy is centered around. Symbolism that could lead to a lot of the structural change that we're looking for, but they recognize that it won't happen. Because I also recognize that when Joe Biden is saying this, doing this shit, how he presented it to us, is that not only does he encourage other governors and other states to take on this thing as a model, he also explicitly evokes how black people are disproportionately impacted by these marijuana, you know what I'm saying, type shits. So for me, I guess I can go, I guess answer your question, it is a, to me a partial of the political theater that's like, this 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 movie is it's a loosely based on a true story type shit. You feel me? when you go mm-hmm. to the movie, it's like it's based on it's loosely based on a true story. It's like uh, you you trying to you feel me? You trying you got to get intentions with it. You trying to, but I'm not going to negate the timing of it. It's gonna get you some 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 votes and it's midterms and this that and the other. The last thing I'll say, you know, what I'm saying on this too is that I'm like a video about this tomorrow probably. Well, when I get time, is that the same Republicans that's talking shit about this. It's the mm-hmm. same Republicans that was that do so much about everything that they kind of championed that Trump did for black people. First Step Act, Platinum Plus Plan, uh, right. name it. You know what I'm saying? Shit. So, so a couple questions in the comments that I want to get to before I share my perspective on whether or not this actually does something or whether it is just political theater. Uh, Arnold. Uh, Arnold, I see Arnold asking. Yeah, I see Arnold to answer Arnold's question. My, my bad, you gotta answer. You gotta ask the question for, for, for people that ain't My bad, I'll let you ask the question first, though. You can, you can well, uh, you go ahead and read, go ahead and just read yeah. where you are because I was getting Arnold's comments. So go 
I'm about to say his last name, but I realize his last name. <laughs> I'm, about say, I'm about to say, uh, I don't know what that last name is. Uh, Arnold Ganja Smoker says, did he tweet specifically, uh, did, did the tweet specifically call out black people? Question mark only. Um, he explicitly talked about black people only when he gave Maybe his nothing. little PR press shit on. Like, he, he explicitly evoked black people and he didn't bring up no other race. He explicitly said black people. Got you. So, yes, to answer the question in a direct way, his announcement of it at the press conference was something that talked about the disproportionate nature that black and brown people are targeted, although the rate of marijuana uses for white people is pretty much the same um, as the consumption in those populations. Yeah, Uh, that's that's what he said, too. He said that actually he did acknowledge a lot of different races and he acknowledged how they are. We uses are uniquely same similar rates but how these people black people you know what i'm saying it's unfortunately it, it hit up you know what i'm saying this beer I, i'm belching because i'm i'm drinking beer and i ain't you know what i'm saying sure um <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> right, what, i'm telling y'all so what i want to what i what else i want to get to here uh, a couple other comments some interesting things there were questions about the schedule and i think arnold and a couple other people talked about that i'm not certain that that was a part of either the twitter announcements or the actual announcement plug go ahead Yes, he encouraged it. He just encouraged it. That's all. He encouraged it along with the encouragement uh, of governors from different states to go ahead and do their thing. To answer the question that's been asked, that way we can keep the conversation going. I think that, like I think, consciously it alluded to us a little bit of both. And Lance Wade is kind of where I'm at with it. It opens the door for structural law reform and keeps the conversation going. Another thing it did was require the DOJ to review the marijuana scheduling status, which can lead to actual change. Now that kind of supports what we were just talking about, but I think my answer is that we have to be honest about what things are, even if they are not substantial. This is some of the most substantial drug legislation that has been passed since in decades, right? And so when we think about just the kind of trajectory, the momentum, the pushing of the needle, first of all, this is political theater, but it's also political theater that's not out of left field because this aligns itself with the campaign promises that he's made. And so when people go and check the scoreboard and they look at shit like inflation, the Inflation Reduction Act, even though it doesn't really reduce inflation, but it does something to grapple with and control the reverberations in the economy, they're going to say, check. When they look at to see what he did about student loans, he didn't say he was going to take all of them away. Fact checkers have recognized that he talked about taking away fractions of student loans and borrowers money, uh, borrowers loans, but not everybody's and not the whole thing. Did he do that? that we'll say check right and then uh when we talk about him and marijuana and what he made in on the campaign trail in terms of dealing with that and grappling with it like it's a real issue we should be concerned about that'll be a check right and so his resume is going to kind of shake out in terms of the things that he promised it might not be to the optimum capacity that they could be but people are going to point out that we're in un- uncalculated un unrelenting uh unexpected times and that we can't expect this one person in a couple of years to be able to do all the magic tricks and shit that we need for to get out of. So we do have to be honest. And I'm no Joe Biden fan, but we have to be <laughs> honest about what the record states. The record it's shows dope, yeah. that is like pressing a needle and setting up, I guess, work for other people to do later. And so it'll be up to other presidents, other uh, men, members of House Senate, other governors to really start to push the needle forward even further in terms of where these conversations are going. So a little bit of both and not necessarily for the worst, even if it is getting him political points in the political theater. 
looking at it. Don't, don't highlight your don't highlight your own comment. Why not? Why not? I ain't want to cut off. So you know what I'm saying? Very pragmatic, Toya. I didn't think about it that way. I automatically went to some other shit. So I I thank you for grounding your analysis into reality, material reality. Kristen said so, it's strategic political theater. That's really what I'm getting at. Like really it what it is. Somewhere. Um, and it is. Better than the political theater of, say, for instance, we call, <laughs> I mean, we've called these investigations of Trump. Nothing more than political theater, nothing yeah. more than grandstanding and stupid opportunities to kind of capture the bad guy that is never going to happen. Yeah. It's just kind of them puff fake. I get this more like really care about. You told you, do you, I feel like I give this wee thing that Biden did more credence than the Trump. <laughs> Which is calling it now. Which says Something to be seen. My bad. Go ahead. No, no. He, he was just saying the Trump first step back. I was just saying oh, the first, first step, step back. back. That's what you were saying. First yeah. Step back. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, what well, I take then? Go, go. You can take it to the next level. So with that, like with that being answered, right? Like, cause I, I, I kind of agree with both of y'all in a lot of ways. It's like it is what it is. Uh, does this challenge the criminal, the, uh, the, the crime bill narrative? Does, is, is this enough? To help push back against the crime bill narrative. Whenever Joe Biden gets brought up, we talk about, you know what I'm saying, black people, what's the first thing that that detractors bring up? The crime bill. The crime bill. Hey, I'll say to answer your question, depending on who you're talking to and who's responding, but if it's going to be Toya responding and she's copying, if it's like this, if Joe Biden, people listening to this live, y'all should go holler at Toya and see what the price is because if she he needs to respond to the crime bill in this position to what he's just doing, Toya just provided us. Literally, we can go back five seconds. And, and I feel like, because mm-hmm. me and Richard, when you asked the question in the green room, I was like, hell no, nah, nigga, I, I'm ready to debate your ass too. I know you don't say something crazy. <laughs> but what Toya just said made me like, well, damn, I, I might have just, I might, you know what I'm saying? Shit, you know? Because I think I, that that, I think that that, I think that when you, when you characterize it as being around some of the most uh, progressive, like being some of the most first of its kind of legislation in this many years, you got to put that in just position with the, you, you have to compare that to the crime bill. Does it undo it? Hell no, nah, don't undo it. You feel me? Niggas still locked up. Niggas still can't get jobs. Niggas still can't get no rent because they got, you know what I'm saying? But like that, the strategic political theater can lay the ground for something. Yeah, I think <sighs> does it <afraid? laughs> That's hard. Push back. Push back. So, so like let me help with the at least at least at least help with like the framing, right? Help push me. back. Yeah. Does it push back? Is it is it that's can, can, like, push back? Ain't that how you ask the question though? Push back, right? That's how you ask it. But I we push back, I think it's different language and means different things to completely erase. Or make us forget, or to forgive certain things. No, I think do those are, but does it start to in a world where he had very particular legislation that had a very unique and prolific impact on black households, black communities, and black men in particular? We do have to start to ask our questions that this piece of legislation that very uh, specifically uplifts, uh, frees uh, black people, black men in particular in certain communities. Uh, you know, we do have to kind of consider that. I don't know if they're equal though. But I think one of the major reasons why they're not equal is that we haven't we've had time to see just how much of a prolific impact the crime bill had on black people. We have not had time to see how influential this uh, particular uh, uh, federal decision 
will impact black people on a regular basis so i can't really answer that question right now because i don't know if it'll have the same positive impact that will make it analogous or even a meaningful pushback if you slap the shit out of me and i'm like stop that it's not the same right that is i kind of but that is completely different stand stop that is pushback you know what i'm saying so i think i gotta wait to see this is a question that we can't really i can't really answer until later on down the line when we see just how much this starts to supercharge and rehabilitate yeah. all of the bad things that have happened. waiting on the impact huh so you said i'm waiting on the impact ultimately i'm waiting on i'm waiting on solvency right i think I, well, that's what i'm waiting on is it's, it's solvency. okay all right i mean i i, I think that because I, I think ultimately that where from I kind of campaign slay, level, what you said does wait you say from a campaign anything that answer that the most question from a campaign like we need to you need motherfuckers to vote for Democrats midterms and you want to be reelected. I think that what you said to the last question is the response to that he should be saying. Hmm. Now I mean which which I think is a valid point, but I think if he can say that, then I I I I would argue that yes, this does push back against that that conversation, right? Because ultimately. It's like, all right, what happened? Yes, because, because one, if you can hold him solely responsible for a bill that Congress passed, mm-hmm. which means that like you, like every every person who signed off, every vote, every yay vote should be held responsible. But we're not doing that, right? But in this in this instance, <laughs> in this instance, this like okay, this is solely a, a presidential act. These are pardons. You feel me? They looking and it's a blanket pardon. They looking at a particular crime and saying if you or are, are, are you know convicted or charged with this particular crime, we getting that we we getting up at, that up out of there. And it and it is significant one because like Toya says, the, the, the road that it it pays. Because the thing that we have to remember is that th- these are pardons that are actively working against what is still considered a criminal act. Like marijuana is, is still he's he's encouraging the Merrick Garland to you know reclassify it, but it's still on the same level as, as acid and yeah. uh, everything else. Heroin and everything else, right? So it it, it blazed that path. What did you about to say to you? The comments is on fire, and I do have to be honest about something. When we answer this question, the comments is actually helping us out. Denim H uh 20 says Biden has oop, not yeah, Biden has never been this progressive. He still wants to fund police departments around the country. So you can't put out one fire and then set another one. You can't put out the fire in the front yard and go to the backyard and set the grass ablaze, right? That kind of doesn't make sense. And we have to be honest with ourselves when we talk about kind of righting the wrongs of the crime bill or his role in it, whether or not these types of actions really are repetitive enough to kind of move forward. Uh, Girl Nettle says, I don't blame Biden solely for the crime bill. Many share the blame. So that's why I see it as a pushback. Lance uh, kind of agrees with this by saying Joe Biden isn't solely responsible for the 1994 crime bill, but this doesn't compare because that bill changed the trajectory of generations and people specifically of color. So kind of alongside what I was saying, we need more time to see if this actually yeah. versus any of what we've seen. I to agree with that wholeheartedly. We need more time. The verdict is still out. Then the other side of it is that Biden's current decision does nothing for the people selling weed, only the consumers. This gets into a whole conversation about how the weed industry has been legalized and people have been boxed out of it, even in states where it's become he brought that up too. It's hella hard to get into that industry. And so then when you turn to the black market to make your money, right, you don't get any help or any uplift. None of these policies open up that path for you to do what you're doing legally. And so that's something to consider as well uh lastly miss my age i gotta shout you out please know that a many great black peoples especially low-income inner city folks supported the 1994 crime bill because they were deeply affected by the crack drug crime boom in the 1880s and 90s right and so we have to have we're gonna have a conversation about the crime bill we got to have a truthful 
conversation and discussion oh, yeah. about everybody who had hands in pushing that bill through and forward right. and support. These white people don't get up there and talk with their whole ass chest unless they got some black folk in their ear like, yeah, we want some of this shoe too. You yeah. know, these people are consulting with yeah. interest groups and all types of people at the table. And so there had to be some niggas in the mix co-signing it as well. We know that it's for a fact. Um, and so, the, so the last question for the the, the Biden portion um, before we get to the last topic is: Is this what people who voted for Joe Biden voted for? I think Toya kind of alluded to this um, in the so. beginning of the conversation when when she was saying that hey, there's there's some boxes that that are checked. And so, like, it, are we seeing just a, a continuation of? Because let's also talk about uh, just to add to this part is that he he had uh, his his ban on certain. Um, like lethal tactics, like there was, there was a, uh, there, there was a, a, a federal, it was a federal, uh, it was an executive order that kind of, that enforced particular training and banned certain tactics with, with, with police, like uh-huh. tactics that specifically caused death, right? But it was only for federal police, and it mm-hmm. and it tied federal funding to policing to whether or not they adopted the same poli- the, uh, training policies, um, as well as like a database to keep track of the 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 information when uh these you can uh, incident police happen right mm-hmm. you know those types of things and so the, you know are these examples of actual liberal voters or, or just anybody who voted for biden are they getting what they paid for okay um i think girl nettles answers that question for us out the gate and says i voted for a complete ratio of student loans we legalization be icing on the cake now, technically, you didn't get the complete erasure of student loans. You did get some uplift between twenty ten and twenty thousand dollars, but weed legalization will be ice on the cake. I think when we come to thinking about uh, whether campaign promises were fulfilled or whether or not we should be satisfied with that, I think I don't. It, it, we might have to, and that's what pisses me off, is because. You just you we've seen presidency after presidency, and I this is gonna be the second time I use this meme or this kind of this video, but it's like we've been waiting on the Democrats Democrats to stand up, right? We've been we've been asking to do, do anything, do something. Now I will say it seems like y'all doing anything but actually fight back directly against the Republicans, do anything but teeth in it to start taking out members of their party or their political orientations or the people on the Supreme Court backing up their decision making in the policy making realm. Like that shit's not happening. But y'all are doing the things to pacify your voting base. And so I don't know if that's good or bad yet, right? Because they're doing shit. It's aligned with what he said. But I don't think it's kind of like we need that. But, bro, we don't need that. We need you beating their ass in more meaningful and direct and targeted ways. And so, you know, I will say this. Marijuana and its legalization and how it's dealt with is one of those bipartisan issues that that Republicans want to smoke their weed freely, too. Right. Conservatives want to be left alone when they smoke their weed and stuff. Libertarians like that. specifically. Exactly. Libertarians who want small government don't want them a part of none of it. I think somebody in the comments uh, who said that uh, it shouldn't be yeah. scheduled at all. Right. Like, forget it, sh- it shouldn't be on anything. And that will be what libertarians will want. And so when I think about an issue that is timely, that would mobilize and inspire and excite everybody. I think that would be the decision that you're going to make because you're not going to get that out of abortion. You're not going to get that out of the economy. You're not going to get that off of uh, immigration. So what's that? You're not going to get that off of guns. The next kind of big social issue that we deal with in the United States outside of policing and shit like that, well, we're not going to get that with the police because you're paying them. You're sending more money to them. And so the only thing left is weed, right? That everybody can kind of agree with is just kind of we, we over dealing with. And so sure, scoring points, keeping promises, making them look good, but at what expense? And you're still behind in the race. 
Okay. You agree? I agree. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Sure. Well, well, let's see if you got more. To, let's see if you got more to say on this topic before we close it out. Christian Walker, the son of Herschel Walker, uh, <laughs> the son of Herschel Walker, one of George's many, many social media nemesises, nemesis, nemesises. However, that's pronounced. Uh, has recently made you know waves. Uh, it, like started Monday. Ooh, Shit, like, uh, it's going hard as it is too. I feel like. Hey, hey so I was where come in damn near in real time? Like I had, I was sending screenshots to y'all. Like, will you look at what's going on on the internet right now? My God, look. So it's it started uh, quickly. It started with a, a a report that came out from the Daily Beast about uh, Herschel Walker. It's like a badge of honor these days, right? Definitely, huh? Uh. But uh, so a Daily Beast re- released a report. Herschel Walker had been speaking on being pro-life, which you know that type of shit catch up with you. Uh, the Daily Beast released a report of that in two thousand and nine, Herschel Walker paid for an abortion for his then girlfriend, right? Which came, which brought out a lot of speculation about uh, other abortions and the the conversation of other children and all these types of things. And Herschel Walker campaign already been messy, you know what I'm saying? Uh, he all like it, it, it's it's you know the situation with oh, his mental man. health. Hold on, hold on. For the people that is listening to this, Jazzy Phantom just letting us know in the comment section that Funny Herschel Walker is calling his son Antifa now. Yeah, that's just it. it, it the irony is, it, look at any Christian or uh, Christian Walker content, any of it. But so Herschel. <laughs> so, Herschel Walker, Herschel Walker campaign, been dealing with like the fact that he got all these other kids and just like his 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 so his real life then really played a a big part in how he's been viewed in this campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Christian Walker came out and was like, "All right, nigga, you need to stop lying. First, you lied on my mama when they brought up how you was beating on her. You lied on her. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now we got this all this other information coming out. Like, nah, you a terrible father. You got all these kids, four kids, four baby mamas. You ain't you ain't took care." Of- you ain't took care of none of us. You know what I'm saying? Everybody asked you not to uh to run because we knew all this shit was going to come. You said you said you was gonna get ahead of it. You didn't. You know what I mean, and, and, and instead I, of, and I'm sick of it. I'm sick and, of you. Why? And, and instead of instead of holding up that end of the bargain, he's lying on Christian's mother and and other situations. And so. Uh, I want to get from Mr. y'all before we close. Like a white woman too, man. Talking about, I feel like you can tell that he has a very intimate relationship with his mom, and his mom is a Karen. You know I mean? He has Karen genes in him. You know what I'm saying? And then when it came mm. out, like, folk, you've been projecting this whole time, talking about fatherless in the black community, you're talking about your trifling ass daddy. So instead <laughs> of you just being rude and being like, I got a trifling ass daddy, and he black. You want to put it on all black days. Yeah. You suck ass. And then, and then when he pointed it out, he was like, surprise. He was like, no, nigga, we knew. Like, we knew. We called it already. Yeah. Right. yeah. So so the, the question that I want to ask y'all is uh given 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 you know these these recent bombshells, uh, recent revelations, but also what we know about the Republican Party in 2022. Will this impact Herschel Walker's electability at all? And if it and it and, and if it doesn't, just, just go ahead add these two answers together. 
And if it doesn't, what does that say about fucking political culture moving forward? Let's start with Toya. Close it out. No, and what does it say about political culture moving forward? It is a game of elites who are bulletproof and protect themselves and protect each other when it all comes down to it. So when it comes to those, the party holding him accountable for that type of shit, we had a whole president that was wrapping people by the pussy and doing all types of other inappropriate things. And so if they, yeah, they let that man slide, so they're gonna let Herschel Walker slide. And I think because he's black, usually that would be disqualifying, but like, no, they let a white man slide, but he black. But because of the way the Republican party works, they gotta keep them, they gotta ride them. They gotta be like, we accept black people as they are. You can come to us with your downfalls, with your shortcomings, with your issues, with your mess ups and screw ups. And we accept you as long as you align with our ideology. So they're not gonna- As long make as you it. vote Republican. They're gonna bring mm-hmm. him and pull him in closer and say, that's all right, we can move on from this. It was 2009, it didn't happen last year. It didn't happen a couple of weeks ago. It didn't happen five years ago. Two, they gonna, they gonna let that go because it happened a long ass time ago. Period. Uh, Arnold, black women can be caring. What's your point? I don't think that's not it said. To answer your question, though, um, it 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 it's not gonna change nothing. I seen a little interview of a of a, of a white woman that's a very got a a, a a very affluent following amongst conservatives. Flat out say like she in it to win it. She don't give a damn. At least she paid. At least he paid for his own abortion and not trying to get the American people to pay for it with their tax dollars. Mm-hmm. And she went in and said that she don't give a damn. She's on both for them. So when we talk about like to me, it's like you know my favorite concept: conservative contradiction. Absolutely. You got those morals and those standards, and you go to poem against your ops, but when they for you, you don't care about none of that. And to me, it's just like a insulting of black people intelligence. You would have thought that like Herman Cain. Or you feel me, Ben Carson already showed them like this because you got black skin, don't mean we're gonna vote for you. You feel me? I think that they just really playing with the black people's tops of the state of Georgia. And I think that a lot of them uh sucker Sam, Kevin Sam, sucker, uh, 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 all all them manosphere dudes, I believe they really got a big impact on a lot of the uh mobilization that Herschel Walker is seeing because they some suckers and suckers like sucker shit. Hey, do y'all mind if I laugh at something that's not supposed kind of only supposed to be kind of funny, but that's real funny to me? Boy, yeah. Dubs was like Stephen Colbert called Herschel Walker a neck with a side of head. And that <laughs> tickles me. me. And I saw that in the comments. So thank you for that comment, Toy Dubs. But here's where it really took me out because then Miss Maisha, without even trying to be funny, was like, nope. If it didn't affect Trump and Gates, uh, it won't affect him. Actually, Herschel seems to be neck and neck with his opponent. That's chat comedy. That's chat comedy. Hey, that's hey, the universe. Herschel Walker, my boy. That if yeah. it's come down to a neck, you might have it, my boy. You might have it. You might have it. You might have it. No, that was great. That was great. I close out. Uh, I close out with this, and you know, with with, with you know this controversy. I think. Oh, uh, I I never want to hear any social critique by any white people about Crips and Bloods. If that same <laughs> shit don't apply to uh, white people and Democrat and Republican, and, and not just because of the not just because of the red and blue, but simply because how detrimental the, the Democrat and Republic the Democratic Republican paradigm is to American democracy. That ain't even been our shit. That was y'all shit. Y'all fucking y'all own shit up, and not because 
you've allowed more voices, not because it's more black people in government. Y'all fucking y'all own shit up because of y'all. Y'all allow for the most sucker shit. Y'all talk about us burning down our communities when black people get killed in the hood. You're destroying your own democracy. The whole thing that makes you the light, the beacon to the world. You fucking it up your goddamn too. Over silly basic shit like this. Over over red versus blue. I don't ever say shit about demo, uh, uh, about Crips and Bloods. You see, I was about to say Democrats and Republicans because cognitively <laughs> we talking about the same the shit. Same and, 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 and this isn't and this isn't street violence. This is literally our national political landscape. Motherfuckers should be ashamed of yourself. With that being said, go ahead and close this out, too. Hey, y'all have been amazing in the comments. We've had two really solid discussions about authenticity and blackness and how we really start to understand this thing. And then we also have a second, have had a second conversation about uh, the political world that we're in, both in terms of this new uh, marijuana legislation or uh, pardoning uh, of federal marijuana uh, consumption, no, possession crimes, uh, simple possession, possession crimes, as well as getting into this Herschel Walker nonsense. Uh, Slide back with us. If y'all came over here from Instagram and stayed, y'all my new best friends. I love y'all. Oh, Hit subscribe. Come Don't come all the way over here. Sit over here the whole time and then leave without subscribing. You need to know the next time we go live. We're going to figure out how to do IG live, but if you don't want to miss a beat, this is where you need to be at every Thursday night at least. And then we go live on top of that. So on top of that, you need to be catching sometime we are Saturday shows. We might hit y'all on a Monday. You never really know. Most importantly, if you ever feel like you missed a show, it's cool. Just go to YouTube. You can watch it on the channel if you don't catch it in real time or listen to us on Spotify. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts. You can Google us and it'll take you to Blog Talk Radio and a bunch of other places <laughs> that I can't even tell you all where the podcast is, but we know we got listeners at. So all of that to say, and shout out to our international listeners as well. We got people yeah. over in the UK. We got Canada holding it down. Yeah. Nigeria's in the building. The Bahamas be holding us down. So shout out to everybody. It's the same name on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, the Chapo Show. So make sure Y'all tap in with us, Jawan, Girl Nettles, Denim H20. Uh, definitely see y'all later. Hey, Girl Nettles, come back, man. Come, come, come back. <laughs> Miss my agents, love for you, Kristen. It's great to have you in the comments. Uh, and uh, Kevin, Toy, Arnold. I see uh, Ryan Thomas sitting here, Danielle. Everybody, right? If, if Danielle, all them been in the building the whole time. Everybody, Jazzy, so much love to y'all. Y'all know where to find us. Y'all know. Should where I tell you, Miss Cooks? I appreciate you. Look at the bottom. Y'all see our ads? Go ahead and follow us, too, uh, so y'all can stay connected with us from day to day as well. I don't have another thing to say. My brother's got anything to say before we go. Hey, I'm about to hit the wall. Maybe when we hit the In the city, we gon' slide. Bet I be there pronto. Me, my guys, we really lie. Lord, forgive me. Pay my ties. Please don't have me reach inside. And that's in the console. Keep the semi when I ride. Little penny when I drive. In the